You're listening to Dear Shady People, Episode 6, Pride History Month. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, my name is Ethan, my pronouns are he, they. My name is Utkarsh and my pronouns are he, him. My name is Aiden and my pronouns are he, him. Uh, okay, so today we're talking about uh, Pride History Month, because in the UK currently it is Pride History Month. Uh, but obviously there's a bit of confusion because in America Pride History Month always happens in September. And instead in February it's Black History Month and we have our Black History Month in October. Um, so basically, so we're going to start off by talking about basically a British hero, in my opinion. Um, I don't know much about him to be honest because I haven't done much research on him, and he's just not someone I know much about when I should know a lot about him. But you guys obviously know like a lot more. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Alan Turing, who personally, to me especially, is one of my heroes. Um, he was an incredible computer scientist and mathematician, and also a gay man. Um, He cracked the Enigma Code in 1943, which really helped Britain win the Second World War. But unfortunately, he was prosecuted for homosexual acts in 1952 when he was caught having an affair. And he was given a choice of either criminal punishment or hormone therapy, which was essentially chemical castration. And after taking these for about two years... Uh, he committed suicide um, just because of the effect that it had on him. Um, it's a really sad story, but it's really important to acknowledge these LGBTQ heroes in history and how they were treated and to use that as a lesson going forwards that we shouldn't treat people this way. Definitely. like I remember that he, for such a long time, he, it was still, he was still like a criminal, like, even up into like, a, a long, long while, and basically... I think it was only like quite recently, wasn't it? He was like, well, not recently, but like, a few years ago, he was like pardoned. Um, and the fact that like no one thought about it before, he was like criminalized for so long. It just shows like how much like obviously change is happening, I guess, because obviously recently there's like a lot more change in like a lot more places. And someone like this, like Hero, obviously, um, he wasn't like respected in the way that he should have been. I think. Yeah, I mean, now he's on the fifty pound note, so. Whenever you see a £50 note, it sort of commemorates him. But I think we also need to acknowledge that um, it it doesn't fully make up for the history. And we always need to remember what happened to him and how terrible it was. um, Because it's a really important lesson in how we treat, uh, especially such an amazing... He was a genius. He he worked on so much... um, and expanded so much on the work of the brilliant mathematician Ada Lovelace and he he was a genius and he massively helped Britain in the war and he was treated quite poorly in response and I think it's nice that we commemorate him but we also need to remember what happened there. Definitely. I don't know if I would be wrong in saying this but I definitely think that we wouldn't have won the war at the time we did maybe without him. And obviously I don't know that much on the issue, but I would say that we would have won the war maybe a different way or like a lot later without him. And he's just definitely someone that should be respected and nothing, as you said, can ever like make up for what happened to him. But certain progressions that help change stuff for the community will like really help, for example, having him on a fifty pound note. Um Do you have anything to add at all, Aiden? Uh well, I mean obviously it's all speculatory about whether we would have won the war, but still the I mean, being put on the £50 note 
I don't know if it is an attempt to make up for how he was treated or just attempt to honour him and say that we do recognise his contributions and who he was as a hero now rather than trying to apologise for any of it, which I think is in a way kind of better. I don't think that we constantly just want another apology for it. I think we'd rather have something that commemorates him just as who he was. Another thing that actually commemorates him that a lot of people don't know is the Apple logo commemorates him because... Um, he committed suicide by cyanide, uh, poisoning an apple that was left half-eaten by his bed. So the apple logo actually commemorates him in his death. I didn't know that. I did not know that as well. So something like that is something that's obviously you see every single day. You see people with apple logos here, apple logos there, and now obviously you guys will obviously know what it means. Doesn't Apple have a gay CEO as well? Uh, yeah, yes. Tim Cook is Tim Cook, yeah. Also good. <laughs> Definitely. It's like big companies like this are busy having being really accepting and having little things like that like they might seem little to lots of people but they're, they're really really big for like small communities definitely um other things that we can talk about uh a timeline basically we have a whole timeline of the, of the history of pride basically it's not the entire thing but it's like God, it's how long key do we events have? <laughs> um hopefully long enough fingers crossed yeah so one of the first things that i thought we could mention was in 1976 uh, the Sexual Offences Act uh, decriminalised sex between two men over 21 in private. So When bef- was that one again? Uh, 1976. So the fact that before 1976 it was illegal for two men to have sex in private. Jeez, Rocky Horror came up before that. Exactly. Like, when you put things into perspective, it shows, like, it wasn't that long ago, really, when you think about it. Um... In 1972, the first Pride event was ever held in London. And because the far, first Pride ever around the globe was held in 1970 to mark the first anniversary of um, Stonewall Riots. And it started to spread around the world and it became these huge things that happened every single year. These big Pride events, you them in Liverpool, Manchester, London, all around our country. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not just to have one big party and fun, if you know what I mean. It's almost as if um, to it's to celebrate this the Stonewall riots basically. It's to commemorate what happened on that day, and so we don't forget the people who actually fought for our rights. Um, f- f- the next thing that happened in uh, Pride history was in 1974. There was the first UK trans conference held in Scotland, um, and this was like a very big step because obviously trans rights were not really included in that first big push for equal rights for gay people and they weren't really included when they were still at like the forefront of it all um and having it held in the uk is like a really really big thing yeah of course i mean trans rights are still struggling to this day um so i think that it's really amazing that we had something like that there's still a lot of sort of trans exclusionary lgb stuff going around and i think it's really important that we Tackle trans like, yeah, the whole well. thing is during the Stonewall riots, they were there, they were at the front of it, they were doing everything to fight for our rights, and I don't get why we wouldn't fight for the, theirs as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, there were there were. God, my mem- my memory's not serving me that well now, but a couple people at the forefront of the Pride movement were there were trans people of color, Marsha P. Johnson, yeah, one who of them. who don't get as much recognition now, and I think it's really important to commemorate them as well. Yeah, uh, the next thing that happened was also like a very, very big thing for minority communities. It was the first black, gay and lesbian group uh, formed in the UK. And you still see there, trans is not included in that. And that's what we're trying to uh, 
point out that it was one thing that wasn't look it's only been like kind of looked upon and like pushed into like this into like the eye it's hard to put put really but it's one thing that was kind of pushed forward like in recent years and it wasn't that big like back in the 80s and in 1984 the first ever uh, gay mp um was elected uh, he he first was elected then he came out i think Oh yeah, of course. I saw the interview between, was it him and Margaret Thatcher? I want to say it probably was Margaret yeah. Thatcher, uh, Chris Smith, uh, and having someone like that is a big thing because now there are more MPs who have come out. There's, I know, there's a, a pansexual MP currently came out last uh, two years ago, and there was also a lesbian MP who came out in the nineties. I'm fairly sure, and the thing is that she came out voluntarily. I think he was kind of forced into it, uh, blackmail or something like that. Uh, but having someone like voluntarily come out is like a definitely big step. Uh, the next thing that happened in 1990 was also a very, very big thing, crossing into new territories such as sports. Because in sports there was no, no openly gay footballs, basically. And Justin, uh, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, Fashnow, something like that, he played for Norwich. Eddie's not here, we don't know, I know. anything we, about We, we did Eddie football. for this. He's going to correct me later, but uh, he played for Norwich, and he was the first openly gay footballer, uh, and that was 1990. Isn't there that doc- that um, new show coming out? Yeah, football's coming out. Um, or already did come out. About it probably has been. Homophobia in, uh, in yeah. the football industry. I haven't really watched it, but that's definitely something I can go away and watch. And yeah, talk yeah. about it a bit more, sure. definitely. Uh, and this is one of the biggest things, in my opinion. We all know about this, I think. And if you don't, you should know about this, definitely. Section 23. Section 23 was this uh, section put in place by Margaret Thatcher and it banned uh, the promotion of like uh, LGBTQ like promotion basically inside school environments and this banned teachers from talking about it from talking to students about it from doing it like saying it about themselves and that kind of stuff and I've taught I can talk to teachers in our school and some of them literally tell me about the time they remember when that was in place that's how and it was only reappealed in 2003 and in 2003, it was obviously finally abolished. But I think that something that, like, that was in place until like the 2000s, it, it shows how far basically it's come like since then. Like the amount of progression that's happened, basically. Gay marriage in France was only allowed in 2013. So, I mean, if we go through when actual gay marriage was allowed, I mean, I'm sure we do. Well, ours it's, is uh, different to that one, obviously. 2013, I mean, they had something <coughs> quite similar in the 90s where it wasn't actual marriage and they couldn't adopt uh, or anything. civil partnership. Well, it was... The word was PAX. Yeah. The PAX. But, um, well, although legal. France was one of the first countries in Europe to decriminalise gay relationships, that's mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. Yeah, but... Yeah. Do and any of you actually know... Gay marriage was so late. That's an interesting... Definitely. Do, you know, do any of you know actually when it was... Uh, marriage equality was happened in our country? Was it 2011? No. You have a guess at all? 2008 2014 oh. 14 wow 14 8 years ago 8 years ago we weren't allowed to get married basically and that was the whole point it was elite, it was we just couldn't get married and they thought oh we'll just give them the civil partnership they'll be happy and it's not about it's not about just having it because straight people have it it's about it's more the sake that like equality if you know what I mean yeah of course it's it, not just for the sake of it under you know a civil I mean. partnership could you adopt I'm, I'm not I'm sure. sure. I know that in a few other countries they had a civil partnership, but then there wasn't any inheritance, any kind of. I'm fairly basically sure. Basically, the I same think rights. I'm the same with this country. I yeah. Think. So I don't think I don't 
know if you are actually able to adopt any yeah. or anything with that. Mm-hmm. And this is even more shocking, in my opinion. Um, when do you guys think uh, marriage equality uh, happened in Northern Ireland? Maybe 2016, is I, a guess. I, I, I think I saw your thing before. 2017, 18? 2020. 2020? 2020 was when it happened. Only two years ago, wow. It, it was so short while ago. So, the next thing I'm going to be talking about is the Stonewall Riots. If you don't know what the Stonewall Riots are, there's like these big, big event that happened um, back in 1969. And it was this, basically, uh, a very well-known inn in uh, in Greenwich Village in the United States. In New York, specifically, though. Um, but basically, what happened in America was, during the whole time, um, like, in the 50s, in the 60s, there were lots of laws banning gay people, banning, like, gay affection in public, especially. And it developed all these, like, little underground bars and underground places where gay people could, like, be themselves. And one of the places that popped up and was incredibly, incredibly popular was the Stonewall Inn. And basically what happened was, in the Stonewall Inn, people could go in, and it was this private bar, so you kind of have to, like, they have to know who you are in a way to get in. And you could go in and you could be who you want. Um, It was filled with lots of trans people, like, very often. And lots of gay people especially. Um... And it was owned by the Italian mafia actually, uh, because the mafia actually paid off pe- paid off the police, so they wouldn't actually raid it. So, it's it's quite a weird thing, honestly. But like, ev- I could probably say like every single gay bar in that time was owned by the mafia, because what happened the way the mafia made money was they actually um, they got their patrons to overpay on drinks, and they also blackmailed like very rich people in there. Threatened to out them so to the they families. took advantage of LGBTQ individuals to make some money. They basically did, but the thing Sick. is, these individuals didn't care at that because this was their one place where they could be themselves yeah, and have yeah. fun. Um, but basically, even though they were be paying off the police, the police still raided this place. And what happened was, when these raids happened, there was also always a signal so the people inside would know, so they could try and like escape or do something. And that signal was always like some big white flashing lights would come on. And the fact that they had actually a signal, uh, it shows like quite how much it happened. If you know what I mean, because having having to actually specify what some like an actual signal to show that the, pe- the police are coming, it, in my opinion, it's, it's it's quite disgusting. I think. Yeah, I think Stonewall is probably the single most influential event in LGBTQ history. I agree with that statement. because that was in the Western world. That was the start of LGBTQ rights started being. Um, given out more freely that was when change really started to happen yeah definitely um but the stonewall riots they actually happened on the 28th of june uh through to the 3rd of july and basically what happened was it was one night in the inn and people are dancing they're having fun they're partying they're being who they are and then basically riots normally happen later on in the night okay they happen around like after midnight but now this was happening a raid happened before midnight so no one was ready and the lights come flashing on very quickly just as the police like storm through the doors and they make everyone line up and they make everyone give them their IDs and anyone um, who was wearing, in their opinion, not gender appropriate clothing or didn't have the correct amount of gender appropriate clothing on, they went to the bathrooms and they checked their gender. And if it was, in their opinion, or at the time, if it was against the law, they were taken away. That's just horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's like a complete violation of their rights. It definitely is, but in those times they didn't have many rights uh, because the fact that they identified as gay or lesbian or trans. 
And what happened that night was one person was refusing to give over their ID. And then more people started to refuse to give over their ID. And eventually people in that establishment were refusing to do what the police said. And at that point, the police got fed up and they dragged people outside. They threw people out and they started to arrest people. And there was this one uh, woman who they uh, who they arrested and they were dragging her into a van, beating her with their sticks, basically. And they were, they were with their batons and they were, they were beating her. And then she, she screams out to people, why wouldn't they help her? And that started the riots. There's a thing which is we're not sure who who threw the first projectile. I'll put it that way. Um, they're not sure if it was from one of the LGBTQ people or if it was one of the police. But that that theme became um, a big one about the cause of the cause of the Stonewall riots. Who who actually um, was the first one to be aggressive to the definitely. other group? In my opinion, I would say it was definitely the police because the police were the ones who barged into that establishment. The police are the ones who um, violently arrested people and beat them very, very violently. Um, but in my opinion as well, though, the fact is that these police at the time were doing what the law said. They were arresting the individuals who the law deemed as bad. So I get there's some, like, kind of... it's Is it ethics, I would say? It's like there's some kind of, like, dispute over all that about who was in the right. But after the police did that, these people just start the, the the community just started to march and attack the police basically, and the police responded with equal force, and um, there was no one killed, and but there was there was definitely lots of injuries on both sides, and one of the things that definitely happened was because I I, I watched a video recently and I remember this, uh, there was a very because Greenwich Village was just like big new up and coming place there was lots of building sites around, and the community was raiding these building sites stealing bricks. Um, to throw at the police, basically, and the police were throwing stuff back at them, and they were they were marching on them with their riot shields, and marching on them with all this stuff. And these people were just standing in the street protesting. Uh, one of the very famous people that lots of people have heard of, uh, who was there, was a, a trans woman called um, Marsha P. Johnson, and she's not very well known when she should definitely be, because she was one of the people who was definitely on the forefront of these riots. Um, but the fact is that. Even though she was trans, the main focus of like other stuff after this was always gay and lesbian rights. Like only very like it's not recently, but only like it was after that trans rights started to get introduced as a more thing that people wanted in a way. Um, because lots of before it was just lesbian and gay, and those were things that were seen. There was nothing else. It used to be called LGB. Definitely, that was what it used to be called. Exactly, and these riots obviously pushed for. Uh, lesbian and gay rights, yeah. but not as much trans rights. Even though the trans right, uh, trans people were there fighting alongside them. Um, Stone, yeah, Stonewall is the original Pride Month. That's why it is. Pride's in June, and that's that's the originally what Pride Pride was a riot, basically. Definitely, and it's still still now. There's sort of a big um, a big difference in opinion over what Pride Month should be. Should it be more of a a march campaigning for more rights in countries which are still have quite traditional policy or should it be more of a a celebration of um of queer people and queerness yeah um but basically um after these riots happened a year anniversary they had another march on the exact same street where it happened and then two years after that, we had our first ever Pride March in London, a big Pride Parade. And now these events happen every single year in major cities and small cities even at that around the world. And this event is not just to have fun, party, go out with your friends. 
this event is here to celebrate what happened on that day. It's celebrated and it's not to forget it because this event was, as Eddie said, the most one of the most important events in the history of Pride. So I want to say to all the straight people out in the world who are saying, "Oh, why don't we have a why don't we have a straight Pride?" Well, just be happy that you don't need a straight Pride because you're not oppressed or you're not like being attacked for who you are and that you can't show your affection in the streets or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but if you have any questions about what we've said today, feel free to um, ask any questions, obviously on the episode when it's published, or feel free to email us, because the email will now be in the description on Spotify. Have you only just put it in today? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is only in today. Um, but we just want to thank you for listening, and we really hope that you've actually learned something today about what Pride actually is, because many people don't know what it is, and it's something that people should obviously know. You've been listening to Dear Show People, episode 6. Thank you for listening.